Welcome to the Men Made For More podcast, a show designed by men for men looking to get strong, feel confident, and live a high-performing life. As men, we face many challenges as we try and strive for a better life. We want to live a meaningful and confident life, but don't know where to start. You've lost your physical and mental edge that's keeping you from living out your full potential. You're tired of talking about doing big things, and you're ready to start living it. With the Men Made For More podcast, our goal is to teach you how to strengthen your body, your mind, and your purpose on your way to reaching your full potential. It's time to start living as the man you know you can be to help lift up those that matter most in your life. In this podcast, we'll leave no stone unturned as to what it takes to get out of your comfort zone and step into living a strong, confident, and high-performing life. We'll focus on the topics that matter most for helping you develop into the man you were made to be. Our goal is to not only build strong men physically, but to help coach and develop strong friends, sons, brothers, fathers, business owners, and professionals in every area of your life. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Paschkowski, proud husband, business owner, physical therapist, and strength coach with a passion for helping other men strengthen their body, their mind, and their purpose. Wherever you're at in your journey, remember that you're made for more. I'm excited to have you here with us today. Now let's dive into today's episode of the Men Made For More podcast. Hey guys, welcome to part four of our four-part series this week, answering the question, is your training balanced? And most people are unsure of what to be doing in their training. Most people either blindly follow generalized programs they find online, or they randomly choose what they're going to be doing that day with no long-term plan or structure. And this leads to watered-down results in your training and in the progress you're making. Having a balanced training program is essential to maximizing both performance and longevity when it comes to your fitness. In this four-part series, the fourth one being here today, I'm going to be covering the four biggest programming imbalances seen across the hundreds of training programs that I've reviewed and helped people improve upon. So if you haven't yet checked out, part one would be on push and pull. Part two was on contraction, so isometric, eccentric, and concentric contractions. Part Three was on bilateral versus unilateral, and we're wrapping up the series today with part four, talking about planes of movement. And I want to talk a little more about why this is so important, because most people totally neglect the, the different planes of movement in their training. And I'll get to that uh, here in a minute here. We'll talk specifically about what the three different planes are and how to train them. But when you look at most people's training programs, there's a huge imbalance between these. This might be where some of the most imbalances tend to take place because people design their training programs to be hard, but they're not intelligent. The imbalance between these things becomes such a big factor when we talk not just losing losing from a maybe potential longevity or sustainability standpoint. Balancing out these planes of motion will definitely help with that. But there's also so many people lacking in building power output, building strength properly because they're missing these three planes working together. Now, the three planes I want to talk about, there is the sagittal plane, which would be thought of as front to back. So this would be something like a barbell back squat. And before I get too far into this, there's going to be some overlap between planes. You're going to be working all the planes simultaneously in any kind of movement, but we're talking uh, for simplicity terms, just from a simple standpoint of front back being something like a back squat. So you're moving up and down, you're moving more in that forward to back plane. Now frontal plane would be something like a dumbbell side bend. So the weights at your side, 
you're doing your side crunch, if you will, and doing the side bend movement is more in that side to side frontal plane. The transverse plane is rotational in nature. So this is something, uh, this is something that we see as being more uh, training where you're rotating around something. So a lot of sports tend to simulate this. Think a baseball swing, a golf swing. Think things like med ball throws where you're taking it and from one side throwing it against the wall. These rotational plane type exercises are really good for sports specific stuff, but people don't realize that these are really good for general life strengthening. This is good for a general well-balanced program. And these are extremely important to make sure that you're maximizing your performance in other areas, because if you're missing rotational plane power control, then your results in the sagittal plane, the straightforward back plane will suffer. I see this with runners all the time. I see runners that they, their running sport is mostly forward back and their training all reflects that they're only doing squats, lunges, deadlifts, a lot of forward back type things. But what people don't realize is that the control for something like running, there's so much frontal plane stability that's needed. So there's so much control of being able to resist side to side forces. That's where a lot of knee and lower leg injuries and in runners come from is a poor control from the frontal plane and the rotational plane at their hip and at their core. Take, a, take any athlete that you can think of and the proper athletes train in the rotational plane. And I think our training should match some of that too. And this doesn't just relate to it having to look like a sport. There are more subtle ways to train this that don't have to be super sport specific, but still hold a lot of the same value. I'm going to highlight one of my coaching clients, Trent, who I've been working with uh, for well over six months at this point, maybe closer uh, to probably nine months at this point. And he originally came with some shoulder issues and looking at his training, there was a big imbalance in different planes of movement. So he was doing a lot of overhead pressing, had pretty good push to pull ratios of doing a lot of back and doing a lot of shoulder work, but was still having these shoulder issues. And what was missing for him was training across different planes of movement. So not a lot of rotational stuff. He had poor rotational control at his shoulder, at his core, at his hips, and this was leading to increased stress on his shoulder. And this limited midline stability, so limited ability to do this through his core, resulted in compensations up through his shoulder, compensations down through his legs. Now by dialing in, getting him more focused on the rotational plane, the frontal plane, and this is related to his shoulder, but also big time at his core, that's where we start with a lot of people, this cleared up all the shoulder issues. And he had tried the basic shoulder things. He had tried doing banded shoulder work. He had tried doing different mobility exercises and none of that was working because it wasn't truly a shoulder issue as much as it was a programming issue, a lack of control and a lack of balance across those different planes. So I want to talk what you guys can keep in mind when it comes to programming out different planes in your training. In general, you're probably gonna have to do more frontal and transverse plane training. This is where most people are lacking. Time and time again, you look at the ratios of, of sagittal to frontal or sagittal to transverse plane, and the ratios are astronomical in terms of how many people are doing sagittal plane movements versus those other ones. So make sure to uh, make sure to check this, go through, do your own audit for it, do your own uh, assessment of your own program, and see where those balances are. Instead of doing all 
sagittal plane stuff, all forward back stuff. Think more things like carries, carries of all kinds, suitcase carries, carries at your side, front rack carries, overhead carries with different things. Do more carries. Do more things like one-arm swings, side bends, Turkish get-ups, pal-off presses, side planks, one-arm movements. These are ways that you can start to incorporate in more frontal and transverse plane training into your program. You also want to train these isometrically as well as concentrically and eccentrically. If you didn't check out day two of the series, that can give you a little more insight into what that means and how to incorporate that. But make sure that said the example of a carry is something that's trained isometrically. So you're not moving through that movement or something like a side bend. You are actively moving through that position. Both are beneficial and both should be trained. Now, you also want to make sure to uh, train this in different ways, challenge it in different ways, ch challenge it at different speeds. Think moving through movement. So there's the moving through movement versus the isometrics are going to challenge you in much different ways and require different levels of stability. So make sure all those things are taken into account. If that's too advanced, if you're like, whoa, that's, that's over my head, I'm not quite following, just do more stuff in the side to side and the rotational planes, and you will get a lot of benefit from it. Now, like I said earlier, this could look like sports-specific things, or this could look much more simple than that. Now, you can change an exercise from more of a sagittal plane movement to a frontal or rotational plane movement simply by taking an exercise where you'd hold two weights at your side and moving that over to one side. So think something like a lunge. If you hold on to two dumbbells at your side and you do lunges, that's primarily, we'll call it a, a sagittal plane exercise. And we, we can argue, like I said, there's going to be multiple planes across multiple exercises, but the exercise becomes much more frontal plane and much more rotational plane. If instead of holding two dumbbells, you just hold it off to one side, you're going to feel different muscles through your core, through your hips, having to work to stabilize you. And that is the simplest way I know to take a primary sagittal plane movement and turn it into a transverse or frontal plane movement. Something like a squat as well. Instead of doing a back squat, try doing a kettlebell front rack squat with the weight off to one side. All of a sudden that changes the exercise and it might still primarily be a sagittal plane exercise, but you get a ton of the benefits of the rotational and the frontal plane training, which go so far into improving your core stability, improving your hip stability, improving your ability to generate power, which will allow you to do more weight, to build more strength, and to stay healthy for years to come. And to wrap this series up, guys, this is programming and your training is maybe more complex than you thought it was. You might have seen it before as simply just writing out your program for the day, following it, and then seeing how you feel tomorrow. But as you can see, there's so much that goes into this. There's so much complexity and structure that should go into this. And I would argue if you don't have that knowledge, research yourself, educate yourself. Things like this podcast gives you a good starting point. Other, other resources that are out there that you can find to learn more about it is a great starting point. But if you're not willing to sit down and write out your program with this kind of detail, then you need to find a coach. You need to find someone that can help you do that because programming is the thing that drives people to our PT clinic. Bad programming that is, bad programming that does not have this balance that does not address these things. People end up with pain and injury and they have to come to us to help get that back under control. 
and there's techniques we have to do to start to jumpstart, get pain under control, get it calmed down, get their moving patterns right. But then we jump straight to what's your program look like? What are you trying to get back to? How can we improve this so that this doesn't happen again? And I see this all the time with the men made for more coaching clients that I get to work with as well. They come with programs. They're like, Hey, I'm not really getting the results I want. And you see their programs and they're stale. They're getting stale results. They're following general programs that don't even apply to them. So this becomes extremely important for getting the results you want in the short term and maintaining those results for the long term. Imagine instead having a well-rounded balanced, and effective program that's specific to you and your individual needs. Imagine making progress like never before, progress you're after inside and outside the gym, and doing that for decades to come. All that's possible with a challenging but intelligent program. And guys, I hope you found this series helpful. Uh, these programs are what I design for all of our coaching clients. This is what we do. And if you guys are looking for help, if you're interested in having me look over your program, head on over to the link in the show notes to sign up for a free training program audit. Something I'm offering for you guys can only take on a few of these a week. So go ahead and make sure to head to that link and get signed up. And I'll let you know where your program can use improvement to help you reach your training goals. If you're looking for more specific advice on it, head to that same link. If you're looking for more of a structured way to get help, I'd love to help you out. So this is something I've seen hundreds of clients get transformed results from addressing a proper training program. And it's possible for you too. If you're interested in talking, go ahead and head to that link and let's set up a time to talk and talk through your program. So thanks for listening today, guys. Thanks for finishing up all four parts of this. If you haven't, make sure to go watch the first three parts. And as always, guys, reach out if you guys need anything. Take me up, head, over, head on over to that link to set up a call. Let's talk through your program and let's get you dialed in. Thanks for listening today, guys. I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Men Made For More podcast. I hope you found today's show valuable and that you have some actionable strategies you can apply to your life today. If this is your first time listening, thanks for being here. The aim of this podcast is to provide a ton of the best possible content to help you grow in your journey to becoming the best version of yourself. If you enjoyed the podcast and found it helpful, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. These subscriptions and reviews help other like-minded men discover the podcast and take the next step in strengthening their body, their mind, and their purpose. If you're a regular listener, I can't thank you enough for investing in yourself in this show. Please make sure to share this with a friend or post on social media and tag me with your favorite part from today's show. If you haven't already, make sure to join the Men Made For More Facebook group to be a part of a community of like-minded men that are elevating their game and living for more by searching Men Made For More on Facebook. Keep challenging yourself, growing, and know that it's okay to get out of your comfort zone and know that you're made for more. Thanks for listening and see you guys soon.